Well, uh, welcome to the show. We have, uh, as always, executive, uh, executive producer, uh, Courtney Richards, and today we have a fantastic guest with us that I've known, what, 10 years? Yeah, it's been more. Yeah, it's about long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so Lindsay Jordan we have today with us, and today what I really want to cover, I'm really excited about this, it's a, it's a topic that um, I learned firsthand on my side, but you have a whole different perspective that I want to be able to share with the guests. Um, so I want to dive in if that's okay with yeah. you. So welcome. Thank you for coming. Thank you. I know you're super busy always driving to Chicago, I feel like. <laughs> like, I always wonder why you don't just live there. These, these days, it's just for fun. Okay. Yeah. Okay. My, my main focus is Indiana now, so. <laughs> well, it's probably a growing market for you, isn't it? A little bit. A little bit. But, um, yeah, my main territory is really just Indiana, so yeah. it's kind of nice. So. Is it mostly doctor's offices? Always. All okay. doctor, all, all ophthalmology and ophthalmology offices. Yeah. Come on. yeah. Do you actually get it to be hands-on or is it more product stuff? Um, a little bit of both. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've I've been in the OR, like watching uh, different cataract and bluff, bluff surgeries and things like that, and trabeculectomies that they do for glaucoma. And, um, Thank I, you for clarifying that. <laughs> no idea. Glaucoma <laughs> surgery. Um, and then uh, you know, definitely have shadow physicians just to know a little bit more about the inner workings, and you know, watched people get needles in their eyeballs and things like that to help, you know, as far as macular degeneration and things like that. So, um, it's have been you ever done in a surgery for LASIK? I have, I've witnessed, yes. I've, I've, I've watched and it is pretty interesting. Yeah. The laser so I've, surgery. I've had it before. Oh, okay. And you're awake the whole time. So it's, yeah. it's unique. So you had the laser mm -hmm. then? Yeah. So okay. I had it done when I was 20, but they don't tell you. Is that your so eyes? Your eyes mature. Mm -hmm. And so I had it when I was 20 and I was wearing contacts by the time I was 28. Yeah. And so um, it's, uh, I'm excited to get it done again. The problem is I can only get it done one more time. Right. Because my eye, as you know, the eye flattens. Yes. Yes. And then I can't even wear, like, it's already hard for me to wear contacts. Because your cornea has been so thin. Yeah. yeah. The contacts just still want to stay on. Right. So I'm hoping by the well, time I'm ready. Well, you might also have dry eye. Room, well, that, that's also a problem. We will diagnose that too. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to do it all. We didn't even expect it. So. <laughs> All right, so when, and I know we, we've been talking about you know your profession, with it, which yeah. I think leads us into um, your desire to help in the nonprofit space. Yeah. And uh, for anybody who's listening, if you were also doing a podcast with this, and we're gonna you know post this so people can get a little bit more of your background. But sure. uh, is the Indiana Blind Children's Foundation? Because you really focus there, and I'll definitely get into that. Yes. But is that really the first time you got into the nonprofit space was with them? Um, you know, for the most part, as, as yeah. far as involved as I am right now with them, yes. Um, however, prior to, I always like to say, you know, that kind of fundraising work is kind of in my blood. Yeah. Um, my mom always did things back when we lived in Ohio with like the Ronald McDonald House and a lot of different things that she got involved in as far as not-for-profit and helping raising money. So I grew up seeing this and knowing how of a good influence it was on people that really needed things like that. Like, yeah. Um, so that, that just being ingrained in me. Um, I also, through going to Indiana University uh, and through the sorority I was in, um, we did a lot of charity work. We did like the dance marathon and things yeah. like that. So any opportunity I had to go and 
help out or um, volunteer or do things like that, I did. Yeah. And so it was kind of like almost, I can almost say like it was foreshadowing. It was like leading up to something that I knew I wanted to do something bigger. Um, and so where I'm at right now, um, my involvement is just snowballed with yeah. the Indiana Blind Children's Foundation. And I've been um, actually a board member for them in addition to what I've been doing for I think it was the last four years, four or five years I have. So um, as a board member, mm -hmm. okay. so I've been on their board of directors for about four or five years now. Yeah. So it's been, it's snowballed into more than just um, creating the event itself and then making it better every year. It's now involvement in almost everything that they yeah. do aspect like, you know, tree sales when it's Christmas time and um going to different events and supporting different events and things like that so it's really become um kind of like i say my second non-paying job if you yeah. will <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. yeah so that's that's kind of where it's come to which is kind of neat yeah. yeah well you reference your mom it's funny because every time i've uh, been to an event yes or help set up your parents are right there. They're right there. Like they are like top <laughs> volunteer style. Which is really awesome. Yeah. You know, I, I was even doing a little research and I was going back to the Facebook. I can tell that you and your parents have a really good relationship. Yes. And you know, you reference your, your mom with Ron McDonald House. So I can mm -hmm. see where you know that would transcend yeah. the you yeah. know, you know, adulthood, I guess, yep. from being a child. They don't like miss an event. Uh, <laughs> they are so there. Great. They, they I think they booked their flight for October this year, I think like two months ago. So they're on it. Like they're like, oh, when is it? I'm like, yeah. we got our flight. So I'm like, how long are you staying this time? <laughs> <laughs> now, where are they living now? I know. Sarasota. Okay. Yeah, nice. so they live in Florida. Because nice. you grew up right near Akron, correct? I did. So I was born around Akron, Ohio, and grew up in like what it was called a small town called Hudson, Ohio. Mm -hmm. um, kind of like a, a small Carmel or something like that up in, okay. in northeastern Ohio. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I'm assuming IU, and then you just stayed. IU, and I, I can't get out of Indiana. I mean, you know, I, I started out, my career was, um, started out in pharmaceuticals, and I knew I wanted to do it. And when I graduated from IU, I knew that's what I kind of wanted to gun for. And it was tough. I mean, six months, seven months of interviewing, and all these companies telling me, you know, go work for Enterprise Car Rental, go do this. I'm like, so many no, I'm like, I don't want to do that. They're and, Fortune 500, right? Uh, right. Yeah, great training. And you know, it, it's funny. Hey, Enterprise, we, we, we rent your car, so I'm yeah. not saying anything. Yeah, you know, yeah exactly. Company. No, I just, but that's I, not I, what I, I wanted. Yeah, yeah, and that's not what I wanted to do. And I'm a fighter and I, you know, I, if somebody says there's a challenge, I'm going to probably climb over it. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I fought and kicked to get into the pharma industry out of college and, yeah. um, you know, just like everybody, they go, oh, you don't have sales experience. I'm like, well, no kidding. I, you know, I <laughs> just, just graduated <laughs> college. Like, of course I don't. So I had two companies after a while that took a chance on me and offered yeah. me a position and, um, you know, had to live in some different small city areas that I've had no idea of, but I paid my dues and I did it and yeah. now here I am. So. Because nice. you've been with your current company almost 14 years, correct? Yes. So Allergan, um, that was, it's only been the second company I've ever worked for, and I've been there for about 14 years. Wow. That's, That's rare. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. yeah, that is. Yeah, it's really cool. And it's, I've seen them grow. I've seen, you know, growing pains. I've seen, yeah. you know, great things happen. Um, but it's been a really neat home to be in. Yeah. And I don't anticipate leaving there anytime soon. Yeah. So, yeah. Nice. And so that's what's led you specifically 
towards with what you're doing with the Nanobody Children's Foundation. Yes. Correct. So what happened was about my, I think it was like my second year with Allergan and, you know, still trying to learn the ropes. And um, somehow they were proposed to sponsor one or two of the graduation ceremonies that the Indiana Flying School had. Um, me being the local rep, I was contacted and they said, hey, you know, we have a, a speaker we're bringing in, Tom Sullivan, who is the first year, he, he's the one who spoke at the first gala. Um, good friend of mine, uh, blind act, actor, author, um, singer, songwriter. And like, can you, you know, escort him on stage and be there to represent Allergan? I said, absolutely. So um, that was my first time actually being to the campus and I lived very close to it and I was floored. And that's what a lot of people don't realize is they don't, you can't just get up, go on the campus, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, it's the most gorgeous, you know, outlay you've ever oh, seen. Cool. Oh my gosh, the limestone, the every, everything yeah. has like old structures to it. This, and so when I got there, I was like, holy cow, this is a really cool yeah. area. And then I go in and um, I'm there with Tom Sullivan and everybody else. And we're in the back where all the graduates are and they have their caps and gowns on and they're lining up and they're ready to go. Um, and they are just phenomenal students, phenomenal kids. I mean, one girl, I was talking to her, she's like, I want to be the president of the United States. I'm like, you should. I'm like, you can do that. Do it. You know, they have more ambition than some of our yeah. friends do. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Um, so I was just really taken back by their enthusiasm, their ambition. And not only are they visually impaired or blind, but there's a lot of, you know, degen degenerative diseases that, you know, they have to overcome, like Down syndrome, cerebral palsy, whatever magnitude. Um, so it was just so influential and I left there just with a feeling of wow you know this is this is pretty intense and it does go, coincide with obviously what I do every day is try to stay vision and work with ophthalmologists and optometrists on that uh, front but so I did I went to the director of the foundation at the time it was Teresa Brun and I said uh, what do you guys do to raise money you know you, you're state funded however obviously that is not enough you have so many different aspects kids yeah. board here um what do you you know and so we went over she's like oh we have tree sales and we have you know the greenhouse and we do an event here and event here but it was nothing to like a huge you know caliber that i was i was dreaming of in my mm -hmm. head at the time so um honestly with tom sullivan's help and his assistant austin uh the three of us really put our heads together and tried to figure out what i could do and then it kind of snowballed and snowballed. And then all of a sudden I was like, hey, Teresa, I want to throw you a gala. And yeah. she's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you again? Yeah. You know? Exactly. And I, um, I was like, no, I, I really, I do. Like, I, I'm trying to figure out in my mind where to start. But she's like, well, have you ever done this before? And I said, no. She's like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, give me a minute, but I, I'm going to come back. And she's like, okay. And I'm sure she was like, whatever. You know, this girl's kind of crazy. No, we're going to see her so, again. So, yeah, we're going to see her again. No, so uh, as I was kind of saying before we started, like uh, a few of my friends went to a uh, pizza shop and sat down and had notebooks out. And a couple girls had been involved with volunteering with different organizations yeah. at the time. And we all had a little bit of an idea, but not much. And we just started figuring it out. And um, the first year, the first year went great. I mean, 
for not knowing half the things that I know now, I look back and I'm like, that was not so bad. I mean, yeah. it was oh, a different venue. Yeah, it was downtown at the old National Center. Yeah. Um, that stage there was beautiful to have. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it, it was just learning. And so now this October, October 5th, 2019, um, it'll be the eighth year for it. And to date, we're a little over $900,000 as far as profit goes to raise for these kids and the yeah. students and everything else that they need. And it's, it's, that's awesome, dude. It's, have awesome. you thought about that? Like, one day you're like, hey, I want to throw you a party. Try, I try yeah. to wrap my head around it. No, they have that much yeah, extra. Almost have a million dollars. Trying to wrap my head around it. And your event, that's amazing. Your coming out this October. It's this October. Yeah, it's, yeah, and, so, uh, we've had it, um, the last, uh, Six years we've had it at the Renaissance Farm yeah. in Indianapolis. It's right there in Pennsylvania, mm -hmm. yeah. and they have been fantastic. And yeah, you know, you and I have kind of talked logistically wise. You know, oh, we we've sold out the last two years. People yeah. really are. You know, I take everything into consideration of going to those types of events. And we've got to be honest. There's times you go and you're kind of like snooze fest or. Mm -hmm. How many people are going to go up and talk? I don't know who these people are, and you really have to take into account your audience. Mm -hmm. And you do. You have to, yeah, you have to look at them and say, what do they want as a guest of mine to this event? You cannot say this is what I want because right. that doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, and I always, I always say, you know, a third of the people that are in your audience, depending on the size, um, obviously, but a third of them are there really for the cause, their heart, their soul, their mind, everything like myself in it you know two-thirds of your guests are guests of other people or you know people that saw and got invited or you know yeah. and they might be passionate about it but they don't know enough to really dive in so those two-thirds those are your those are your silent auction bidders those are your probably your drinkers yeah. mm -hmm. which is fine because i can be in that too um but uh, the only time i was like okay um the only time i promote bench drinking yeah, and, uh, and yep. yes yeah, yes uh, but yeah you've got to cater for those especially those two-thirds and know that they don't want to be you know bored yeah so you've got to keep the momentum moving all the time throughout the whole night and yeah. not let it slide yeah so well you make a good point now, the one thing that I, I try to help educate in that area is if somebody just spent $125, $150 to come to your event, yeah. they're not there to listen to somebody talk for 45 minutes. No. They want to be entertained. Yes. And it's, and you're wrong. I know obviously nonprofits have to share their mission. Sure. But to your point, knowing your guests and why they're there, mm -hmm. if it's an award show, okay, they expect. Right. That's what's going to happen. Say, yes. But if it's a if it's designed to be a true gala party, mm -hmm. I'm yeah. always a big fan. Okay, shorten to the point, be impactful, right? Then spend the rest of your time shaking hands, having good conversations, yes. and showing them through interaction, not from the stage, right? And entertain. I mean, you right. know, we, we always have a video during the evening when people are sitting in the ballroom eating, yeah. um, educating them on kind of what our mission is for that specific event. We always have a, a specific thing for the school that we're looking to raise money for every year. Um, and this year it's kind of cool, it's, our, it's their STEP program. So it's a student education program that 
um, they go off-site with uh, different companies and kind of shadow and, and are part of the, the company. Like Eye Surgeons of That's Indiana cool. this year actually had one of the students there for an interim um, kind of, wow. you know, they was working with cool them, idea. which is amazing. Yeah. So, um, and they go out to different businesses and just learn how to be out on their own because the, the graduation versus finding a job out in the real world, I mean, 70% of these kids, it's still a statistic that they just go back home and they don't go out and work and yeah. they want to go out and work, but it's not, the great opportunity is not presented to them. So yeah. this is a program that's unbelievably important for them to use their education that they've learned at the school and go out and get a job and yeah. live on your own. You yeah. know, and like I said, a lot of them yeah. still don't. So we're trying to make that a bigger mission. So that's this year. I kind of like tangents into that. No, no. Happen, it, but but a um, lot of what you're talking about now is really important because yeah. once again, and we'll, I want to dive into this because yeah. everything you've been talking about, the I would assume most people, the way you're talking about this organization, mm -hmm. you're an employee. Like you're that passionate. Mm -hmm. And it brings us to the point where you're not an employee. No. You spend a lot of time, like you mentioned, it's like your second job, mm -hmm. um, which is a great second job to have, in my opinion. Absolutely, yeah. Um, why do you, I guess, what have, what has the organization done that has intrigued you to stay this embedded or maybe a, a this loyal. Obviously, you've been with your company almost 14 years, so yeah. it's part of your personality. Yeah, it's kind of, that's who I am. I mean, you've obviously maintained a relationship, so they've earned your trust. I think, uh, I think it goes both ways. So I've, like you said, I've earned their trust in my passion and my drive to do an event like this and not stop. Yeah. Um, and then, they've earned my trust by their support and um their just kind of recognition if you will yeah. um i don't need i'm not the type of person everybody asks like every now and again like oh how do you like to be rewarded how do you like to be you know acknowledged and i don't really need much it's just nice to know that people are appreciative of what's happening and yeah. um and honestly you know a handful of years later they continue to approach me up being a board member. And I was like, oh. <laughs> I was like, I already have so much time, you know, yeah, like, and, yeah. and, you know, and, and actually there's like, I think the first year I kind of was like, you know, no, like, but then it got to the point where like, listen, it's really not that big of a deal. Like, <laughs> but you have been doing so much, like let's, let's collaborate too on a different level. And so being on the board of directors with them, it's actually been really fun and you get closer to the people that have been ingrained in that school um, for years and years and years. And um, I've met some amazing people. I mean, not only the director that's been there for about three or four years, Laura Alvarado, but, you know, Dave Thomas, Walter Bertner, uh, Tula, like all these women and men are, they're dedicated to the cause and they're actually been in the trenches for a while. So yeah. it's like kind of built more if, if it's possible more passion yeah. as well so i think it goes both ways i think i earned you know their trust and their um respect when it came to having something doing something for it and, yeah. and then vice versa uh when and it got you, to everybody that better sorry can you elaborate a little bit on how they support you and how 
they recognize you? Uh, sure. Um, so especially, well, so with the events, um, they're always in attendance. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's, that's a big one. I mean, I know it sounds pretty simple, but, um, they're always in attendance. We have a lot of different moving parts for the events and they're always, everybody's always hands-on. So we have board meetings are obviously completely separate from anything that like my mm -hmm. committee meetings and stuff has to completely different. Um, but you know, if we have like a bourbon pool or something like that, like everybody will come and like, what do you need from us? You know, you need um, more of this or more mm -hmm. of that. Um, they'll help get silent auction items, which we kind of pride ourselves on having a really fantastic silent auction. And I don't ever want to like go under the bar on that. <laughs> so every year we kind of set it higher. So um, they all know this on the board and um, they'll reach out to friends or friends of friends or they'll bring in things. Um, mm -hmm. So everybody's very focused on that. Mm -hmm. They've, um, you know, been sponsor of tables before. Some of the um, board members, uh, one of them's a, a optometrist, and he's mm -hmm. bought tables um, to support us. So I think it's just the collaboration on everything, mm -hmm. and it doesn't make me feel like I'm just doing it by myself with yeah. the executive director. We have so many people that are just they'll dive in and they do whatever in. you need yeah. them to do. Yeah. And and we do it back and forth. You know, mm -hmm. like they. I'm not in charge of putting on the Christmas tree wreath sales, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, I was there and if they needed yeah. anything, you know, yeah. you know, or I just dressed really silly, like looking like an elf and I was like, <laughs> just, you know, make the kids yeah. laugh or whatever. Um, but it, it's, it's kind of just that, that extra added mm -hmm. support that they give, which is really yeah. awesome. Okay. Yeah. Which I feel like has got to be a, a load off stress-wise only and what I mean by that is you correct me if I'm wrong though but I'm assuming all the people all your close friends I guess that were helping from the beginning aren't all still here correct because it is so hard to do it's a big commitment and eventually it's like you have to have that real conversation that hey if you're going to be on the committee yeah you have to be an active committee member right I remember with my Galas, we definitely had the 80-20 rule. Yeah, that's not true. Like, it, it's hard to like pull. Like yeah. <laughs> it's hard to pull. It just is. Um, you know, everybody's life and home and work and everything, everything coincides with, you know, we have meetings and things yeah. like that. So it's understandable. And as, as the chairperson of this event, it's, I get, I get frustrated. I do. Yeah. Um, you know, there's been times where I've had meeting dates out there for weeks and, you know, everybody's like, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. And then at the 11th hour, sorry, I can't, or sorry, I'm this or this and that, which is obviously, like I said, it's fine. But, you know, as the, the chairperson, I'm like, oh my God. I was like, come on. Um, so it's hard to have empathy at that point, but I mean, it's basically it is, but you, you, have, you have yeah. to keep it. You have to keep your sanity yeah. with it. And, you know, there's been meetings even this year I've had it's been me and four other people yeah. when typically there's usually 18 other people, yeah. you know, wow. we have a pretty solid, good committee and every single one of them contributes immensely to it. But it is that it's the ups and downs. You've got to be able to handle it because yeah. like you said, you know, at any given time, you know, somebody's, you know, little girl can get sick or, mm -hmm. you know, husband's out of town or, you know, and you just got, you got to understand yeah. it, but you also, in my, in my defense too, I'm like, I'm here. <laughs> I'm, like, right. I'm here and I, I definitely, but you also have to know it's always good. There's always going to be 
obstacles and ups and yeah. downs and you just have to like swallow that up and say you know what the next meeting it'll probably be more yeah. people you know mm -hmm. and but at the end of the day it's still everything still gets done yeah even though some things are really last minute sometimes oh, yeah. um it all gets done yeah and every year we get stressed out and every year it's better than last yeah. so yeah. it's kind of like that light at the end of the tunnel like yeah. keep looking for it you know so yeah. Yeah, well, and it reminds me too, like Courtney and I have talked about this, that it's very easy if you're the one running it mm -hmm. to get so passionate and forget that other people aren't as passionate as you. Right. And to not try to hold them to the same standard you're holding yourself mm -hmm. because they're not, it's not their defense. Yeah. You know, they're there to help. Mm -hmm. But the hard part is, they're a volunteer, mm -hmm. so holding them accountable. It's hard. Like, have you identified when you just have to have that conversation? Okay, I just don't think, I know we appreciate you being a volunteer, mm -hmm. but I guess if somebody's listening, yeah, and they have a committee, mm -hmm. I'm gonna guarantee there's somebody on their team, mm -hmm. if not multiple, that they know that they should say, it's time. Thank you for your service, it's time. Mm -hmm. So they can put somebody else in that seat right. that is fresh blood that can help them right. something forward. Well, so you, you put an interesting spin on it because my view of a um, couple things, my view of this event specifically from this point on, it's not just mine anymore. It's, Absolutely. I, I think it's all of ours because everybody has contributed in some way. Yeah. And so the volunteerism is always appreciated. Um, and I'm not trying to be PC at all. This is exactly how I feel. Um, about having that conversation, um, I don't feel it necessary to. Um, and the reason being is that, again, we are in a volunteer situation. Um, if somebody is you know, kind of one foot in, one foot out, but they still one foot in, that's one more foot that I have that I didn't before. And so you, you really got to look at it from a positive light and say, you know, so-and-so is, is out there getting maybe two auction items and this and that, but you know, so-and-so is getting 10 or this one makes all the meetings, this one makes none. But if they're still contributing, then I'm never going to be in the position to say, you know what, don't help us anymore. Right. Because you can't do that with a nonprofit. You can't do that with an event that you need every, single you know piece of, of ounce of help and, and support that you really can take so um i know there's some more structured committees if you will mm -hmm. um and for more for different events and maybe larger events that are more in the thousands of people um that they might need to have that conversation but i've taken it upon myself as a chairperson to say if somebody comes up to me and says hey this is amazing can i help yes how can i get on the committee well, you're on it now. Good job. You know, there's no yeah. sit down. There's no like, what is your goals? What do you yeah. think you can contribute? It's like, if you want to do something with us, then let's do it and contribute what you can. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like it gets frustrating when people just don't at all, but I'm never going to have that conversation because if you're going to help in some capacity, I can absolutely accept that. And then you think a little bit further down the line, the kids can accept that. That one small little gesture can maybe help 
get us over the line of X many dollars for the school or X many dollars for the kids. So yeah. um, I know there are organizations that maybe have that more structured view. Um, but I think with an event like ours, I don't think that that would be advantageous to kind of say, okay, you know what, you're out. Because mm -hmm. if they're contributing in some way, then that's more than anything else. So, and that makes sense. Yeah. You know, um, and to your point, different organizations probably operate differently. Absolutely. Um, based on their need. Mm -hmm. I think too, a lot of um, these organizations, probably the people running the event mm -hmm. isn't a super committed volunteer like yourself. It's usually a staff person. So I think if you're, yeah. if you're the executive director, if you're on staff and you're already having to balance planning this huge event with your regular right. role, mm -hmm. I think then is where it kind of plays in. I'm like, okay, well, I don't have time to right. manage people who aren't going to contribute yeah. as much as some others. So yeah. it absolutely, I think, depends on who's running it, what the event right. is, mm -hmm. but I completely agree that... Mm -hmm. Yeah. One foot is better than no foot. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. take the help that you can get yeah, too. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So with all the work that goes into a gala, because I know this is one thing that I definitely want to you know, talk about, is if somebody's thinking of jumping all in with mm -hmm. a nonprofit. Mm -hmm. Prime example, I got a, a text message this morning. Good friend of mine is uh, wanting to become a big brother for big brothers, big oh, sisters. Nice. And you know, they asked all these questions. And anyway, a lot of the questions were focused on how how committed do you think this person will be to the charity? Mm -hmm. If there's somebody that wants to go all in, yeah, a, with a cause, not necessarily a charity, but a cause, um, and they're thinking about starting their own nonprofit. Mm -hmm or raising money, because this is one thing I learned later after I started my own nonprofit, mm -hmm. that you can raise money, oh, yeah. give it to a charity and put, you can dictate where that money goes. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah. And still this day, I'm very proud and happy I started my own nonprofit. That's amazing. And I would believe I would do it again, <laughs> but knowing the amount of work it took, now knowing that I could have dictated the money, mm -hmm. I don't know if I would have done it. How many people did you have helping you when you were starting? It was me. And my mom. Yeah. I mean, but my mom supports me no matter what I do. You know? <laughs> of course. You know, <laughs> we, we, we covered that you know, a long time ago. Tomorrow I can be like, hey, I'm gonna, you know, be a scuba diver and she'd be like, go get a grief, you need help? <laughs> uh, she's phenomenal. That's, that's cool, yeah. But I just probably like your parents, you know, right. they'll support you with that, yeah. whatever. As long as it's moral. But <laughs> right. um, so if somebody's in that situation, because I was super passionate. My grandfather who passed had a mess and yes. you know, I wanted to honor him, but I also wanted to help people that were dealing with their, their situation just like he was. So I just went all in. Yeah. And for me, it was really hard because there was a lot of ignorance mm -hmm. uh, with it. You know, I was blessed in my first business, had a sales background like yourself. Mm -hmm. And so I thought starting a nonprofit, I was like, oh, this is going to be a joke. This is gonna, I'm going to save the world, you know, help people with MS. And, and anybody who knows me yeah. knows that that's not exactly how that played out. Right. You know, my first gala was, I didn't know what it was doing. It was 28. Yeah. yeah. And... I was like, okay, well, let's throw out my Irish Catholic background. And if I throw a fun enough party with an open bar, mm -hmm. people will give me money. 
and thankfully it worked out. Mm -hmm. But over the years, you can't just play the fun party card. At least I couldn't by myself. And I had a lot of great volunteers along the way, you know, Wendy, now my wife, not at the time, but with me and I'm getting married, but yeah, I always explain it. It's like putting on a wedding. Oh. Every single year. I think it's year. harder. I think it's more difficult than <laughs> yeah. putting on a wedding. A wedding, like, you know, you have to ask the people to me. Well, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> on top of anyway, tickets, yeah. sponsorships. Right. But there's so many logistics that go on yeah. that... It is not as easy as what people think. No, no. There's and a then, lot of moving parts. And that's just one event. Yeah. So is there any advice that you would give somebody that if they were in that situation that they were really passionate, thinking about starting their own charity, mm -hmm. or maybe just diving in like you did, and just committing themselves, mm -hmm. finding an organization and supporting them, mm -hmm. is there anything that you... My, my thought process on that, Steve, is... Um, there's so many organizations right now already formed and out there with 501c3s attached to them that um, I, I I commend the you starting your own and you know that is a, a feat in itself. I mean, you talk about you know a non-paying job that's a full-time non-paying job. I mean, you have to really commit yourself to it. Um, so if somebody wants to take that on, they do have to understand. I was telling you earlier, a friend of mine. When to start something for like the, the veterans um veterans affairs and ended up finally just kind of closing the book and saying i can't do this by myself yeah. and not that it's bad i mean i was i even said i'm like how are you how you can't do all of this by yourself and they were actually being the organization was being kind of demanding to him too to start doing this that and the other and he was just one man um I think there's enough organizations out there that are already formed that if you have a passion about something um, MS or um, Down syndrome or autism or um, cancer or anything, um, there's so many things that you can go to and attach yourself to. And then you can still create a name for yourself. You can still create um, your own kind of personality through mm -hmm. that organization. But there's so many right now that are already formed that need help. And 100 they agree. need volunteers and they yeah. need people to come and you know, if somebody walks in the door for a cancer research center and is like, I want to help you do this, or I want to throw you this type of fundraising event, nobody's going to say no. <laughs> so that, yeah. you know, and not to say it's easier, but it's going, it, it'll all be a challenge, but it'll be a lot more um, feasible to go to 501c3 or a nonprofit mm -hmm. and help them and create your own space there but help them rather than you know the challenge of creating your own is like you said you know it's it's really difficult well, and, and i had to dissolve mine because i had to make the decision you know as right. you know I, we do charity auctions so yeah. Yeah. um i had to make the decision that company is growing mm -hmm. i also wanted to get married yeah and my nonprofit was not providing let alone take care of her she wouldn't get any ring you know, <laughs> on that type of scenario so um and the type of personality i had like i want to provide mm -hmm. to the home yes and I, I think based on what you just said and something you had mentioned earlier a gentleman and even like myself mm -hmm. trying to do a one-man show super passionate yeah but you brought up a great point that you earned the trust 
from your organization. Mm -hmm. So in return, they supported you. Yes. So then you still, you're about to, I, it's got, I'm assuming it's got to be a goal that you're going to try to hit a million dollars this year. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So yeah, for sure. would you agree that that would have been a lot more difficult if you, you didn't earn their trust to get their support? Oh, absolutely. And so yeah. you're still achieving a massive goal. Mm -hmm. The benefit is you don't have to do some of the administrative things. Yeah. And that's where the executive director, um, where it was Teresa Braun this year, um, or last few years, it's been Laura Alvarado. Yeah. But I mean, man, this wouldn't happen without them. And yeah. you know, like you said, yes, they are employees, and they're that this is their job, and this is what they are compensated for on the day to day. Um, but holy cow, I mean, she's you know, she has to work the financials. You know, obviously, I'm not authorized, you know, as an employee to even do any of that. So, you know, we work very well hand in hand, but she's got a lot on her plate too. Mm -hmm. And so we definitely collaborate very well together. Um, you know, anytime that, that we can sit down and, you know, we have to like carve out time to work on different things like the scripts together and then yeah. how are we going to yeah. do this? We're going to put this and that that's without the committee. So those are separate meetings. Uh -huh. So there's meeting on top of meeting on top of meeting. Um, but yeah, it, it's she. She is definitely a huge part of, yeah. of this entire event. Yeah. Well, I know I talked to Ryan. Actually, I was meeting with Ryan uh, this week, and the support they give mm -hmm. third-party events, and yes. I think it's a it's a bigger thing than what people realize mm -hmm. where funds come from. Yeah. And which leads me into something that you know. Super fascinating mm -hmm. to me in the nonprofit space. Like you had referenced, there's a lot of nonprofits that need good people. And I'm not talking about just volunteers, even employees. Sure. But as most people know, that you know, my opinion, no matter how much money a nonprofit raises, it's always that mentality of we don't have enough money to hire the next person that we need. Mm -hmm. So if that's not working out, it's trying to find someone like you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. With the personality it's, to start a nonprofit, but instead yeah, they're coming the in the and, yeah, and able to drive a huge fundraiser for them. Right? Yeah, right. I mean, obviously you shared your story. So your career took you, at least gave you that moment mm -hmm. to see something. What's mm -hmm. um, your point, Courtney? I mean, it also takes a certain kind of person. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, I mean, you have coworkers, they don't go start big galas for their right. you know, other nonprofits. But right. Um, is there anything, any advice that you can give a nonprofit on the trust factor, the relationship, the cultivation that took place um, that, he, that you experienced so that maybe they can approach people that might have some of the traits that you have where they can keep them around? Um, yeah, uh, you know, that's a, that's a good, complex question um, because I think when people are involved in in fundraising and, and charities and not-for-profits and, and whatnot um, it's usually kind of like you said like your dad had MS is that what you said so grandfather, yep. grandfather so yep. like that's where your passion came from so I think typically it's either you know I, I work in the field I also experience you know these amazing kids and was like you guys are awesome they would do something for you um, or it's somebody in their family has had something happen or you somehow you're affected by it. And mm -hmm. so if you're affected 
enough to the point where you want to really try to help, then those types of people will gravitate to the not-for-profits. They will gravitate to go say, what course, can I yeah. do? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't can know I, about them. Let me stop you because yeah. that's a great point. Yeah. I talk to so many nonprofits that are so focused on chasing down people that go to their events. Mm-hmm. Just they because they get contact details. They have like money so or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They know they have money. Mm-hmm. And they skip over their volunteers yep. and the people who, to your point, they've come to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're they're almost taking it for granted. Yeah. Yeah. And they're chasing the people who yeah, who, they didn't give you their number. They you know, they don't don't yeah, right. They're chasing yeah, people, so. wishing like, why don't they? Or why aren't they passionate? Wanting right. all these people to care about their same cause, right. and they're skipping yeah. over the people who really are. Yeah. Who, so think, sorry to interrupt you, but that, no, I think it's a great point. Yeah, that's that. that's a huge thing. Is that you know, and it's not like you know, these nonprofits don't sit around and wait if you need help. You know, obviously reach out to to places and organizations, but. Um, you're going to get people that are passionate about the cause and that's what you want to gravitate to them. Um, instead of, like you said, trying to like reel people in mm-hmm. and, you know, trying to chase after them and they're like, no, I don't want to be caught type deal. Um, it, it just wouldn't be, it won't, it wouldn't be a cohesive match yep. and it wouldn't be a good partnership at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, so as far as not-for-profits on the other hand, like reaching out to other people to come volunteer, I mean, for instance, um, you look for common bonds. So um, Delta Gamma is a sorority at Butler that um, they're every, you know, sorority fraternity, you know, a lot of different organizations, they have missions on what they're gonna focus their um, volunteer hours on. And Delta Gamma specifically is for the uh, blind and visually impaired and the one at Butler is for the blind school. So. It's been kind of hit or miss in the past years because they kind of go on fall break, like depending on mm. where event lies. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but last year it was great because they were not on fall break, and we had like twelve to thirteen Delta Gammas there. We signed off on their volunteer hours, but they were there helping us do all the stuff that we mm. couldn't do because we're in the you know in the mix and in the trenches and on the stage and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, so that's an idea. I mean, see what type of organizations or what type of people where their fundraising, you know, vision lies. Yeah. And then you can maybe reach out that way and you're bound to hit, you know, if you throw a, you know, a ball in a crowd, you're bound to hit one or two people. Yeah. And even one or two is better than nothing. So I think that's a good point too, because especially when we're talking about events, mm-hmm. usually nonprofits are looking for big groups. A yeah. lot of nonprofits can't take these big groups of people outside right. of events. I mean, yeah. I know there are a few that can, but sure. I think this is such a great opportunity for them to find those mm-hmm. not just individuals but groups of people who want to volunteer because you you can get 15 at a, you know what i mean yeah. at a time and right. I know they're your volunteers for the event yeah. they can do all exactly. the stuff you can't do yeah. it so mm-hmm. yep. yeah. Yeah, that's a good point no, i mean even that that that's been just a huge help so we need volunteers yeah right um you've been have you been last two years at all not last year but so year have you been when it's been, been a casino night no, that's fun. No. Okay, so that's that's only been last year. So that's been huge. We've needed volunteers for because mm-hmm. the Sertoma Club of Indianapolis, those guys that they're so great. Yeah. Um, but they'll come and set their tables up, and then we cover them, and that's where we put silent auction items on in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Then everybody goes to the ballroom, sits down, blah blah blah. There's the program, but 
outside, our volunteers are taking all the silent auction items off. They're organizing them in the back room. They're taking off the, the tablecloths. They're making it a casino night. So they're taking off all the, you know, the guard for it for when the doors open for us. Mm -hmm. Now it's a completely different room. It's wow. a casino room. So that's cool. It is. It's it's kind of a cool thing that you have a lot of moving parts. So you need volunteers yeah. for it. So we try to get you know those that are are passionate about it and things like yeah. that. But sometimes mm -hmm. you just get anybody you can. Yeah. And, but it's the conservation mm -hmm. too. So you get them. Yeah. And then I guarantee, it, let's say fifteen of those gals. Yeah. That one of those fifteen mm -hmm. are going to come to the event, love the event, mm -hmm. say, hey, I want to do this again next year. Yeah. Come again, and instead of all the event, now they're they have a little bit more focus on what the cause is. Sure. Mm -hmm. And then next thing you know, what was a service hour mm -hmm. turned into a loyal, yeah, long-term volunteer. Yeah. Yeah, you so, never know when that's going to happen. I right. know. And so I want to make sure people really understand what you're saying is not overlooking people mm -hmm. and not prejudging people. Oh, for sure. I guarantee you that school never looked at you when you you were you're gonna walk them on stage right you're you're you know yeah. uh, an employee of a company sponsoring <laughs> and now you're the most impactful person of the company that sponsored at one point yeah, yeah. I mean it's it's phenomenal well, thank you That's no it's uh, and it's it's become like kind of a day-to-day -day and like it's not like so if I somebody that I don't know or something or just meet and then I start telling them like you know like, oh my gosh and I don't even now I don't even really think like that yeah. to that caliber and I'm like this is just something I do right yeah. you know it's yeah. not I'm like well and when someone's like no do you understand and I was like sometimes I just like sit back and be like yeah. oh, that is pretty cool <laughs> yeah. but it's just become kind of like that this is yeah. it you yeah. know and so and I know like, we've talked a lot about the neon line Children's Foundation. Are there other organizations that you get involved with? Go to their events and things um, like that. You don't need to name names, but yeah, you know, because one thing that I think is a misconception for some people mm -hmm. is that people get so narrowed into one cause. Mm -hmm. I always tell people, in my this is my opinion, givers give. Yeah, mm -hmm. even though you're putting on this massive event, mm -hmm. you're still donating. Mm -hmm other places i love to support other events and for a lot of reasons and you know people come to mind and if they have something that's going to be going on i will absolutely 100 percent try to be there for them and yep. so it kind of goes back to the support mm -hmm. thing too um it can be like kind of a community of, oh, yeah. of people and i think i uh earlier in the year i was at an als event um that jeff saturday put on and one of my friends was involved in the planning and um I also go because I kind of want to see. Like, <laughs> there any ideas I can oh, make? I always yeah. love yeah. going to other I'm events. Like, yeah. I'm like kind of overseeing, like, okay, what, what would I do differently? <laughs> yeah. What, it, you know? Yeah. So it is kind of fun to do that. Um, yep. Actually, tonight is uh, the white party at. Um, I think it's going to be at the boat, but uh, Tatum's bags of fun. Yeah, I saw that. On yeah, the so yeah. I've gone to her event a few times mm -hmm. that you know supports you know the cancer and stuff like that. So. Yeah. Um, I try to go to different events all the time yeah. and they're all different. Um, yeah. mm -hmm. They all have something to offer that, you know, sometimes I'm like, Oh, I would totally do that differently. Or like, Oh, mm -hmm. that's a really good idea. It's easy to get in that mode. It is. Yeah. It's like, Oh God. It's like when I'm so there, sure when you're like, so embedded in that world. Yeah. I know. I'm, like, so when I'm like, I'm not judging. I'm just 
No. It's observing. Yeah. Um, but no, it's been fun. And I've even offered um, to help out some yeah. of them too on the side, you know, or give them advice. And um, United Way a few years ago was calling me, asking me if they could pay me to be on their, what, on their team. And I'm like, no. <laughs> like, that's so much work. I'm like, much. but I'll try to help yeah. you. Yeah. And then we actually had um, actually an Allergan employee who was an account manager. She had a um, practice that she was managing in Texas. Yeah. And she told them about what I was doing. And so this guy reached out to me and I spent probably two hours on the phone with them. They ended up being hiring you guys yeah. as their um, auction yeah. people. Um, so Thank you guys got, you know, business <laughs> from that, you know, my dad's like, if you keep spending time, you're creating an LLC, like yeah. you need to get paid for this. Cause yeah, I was on the phone for like an hour and a half with this guy and just telling right. him, this is what you should do. This is how you should yeah. do it. And it kind of blows my mind. Cause I'm like, isn't this, don't people just know this? And I'm like, no, we don't mm -hmm. like I'm actually giving them information that they did not know beforehand. Yeah. And I think it also, it kind of, if we're going to go, it goes back to that focusing on your audience, not focusing on yourself and yep. what you want, mm -hmm. because that is the biggest thing that you got to focus on. And you're not, you're there to entertain them. So I think that it all kind of circles back to that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I appreciate you coming on and sharing. Yeah. yeah um, thank you. If you're okay cool. with it, I would love to have you back. Okay. So that we can talk about how you hit your million dollar mark. <laughs> yeah. I'd love to. Uh, your next event. I'd so, so if we can help with that, where can people go to, now I know the mm -hmm. event normally sells out, so they would have to, to you go know, quick. Yeah. Well, it's, we're, we're, we're already in August. It's crazy. So <laughs> the easiest place to go would be the um, Indiana Blind Children's Foundation website because okay. they have an events tab and that takes you exactly where to go click to go to the we do website to yeah. buy tickets and see who our sponsors are and things mm -hmm. like that. So it's uh, um, indianabcf.org. Awesome. Um, and that's where they can go to look at the event. There's even a photo gallery. You can see pictures from previous events um, yeah. that we've had and kind of get an idea of lay of the land and mm -hmm. things like that. But, yeah. um, but every year it's, it's, it's going to be something really fun. And yeah. this year we have, a handful of new sponsors, um, awesome. Metal Mark Jewelers that's in Carmel. They're going to be um, they're going to be part of our our event. And Harley Davidson, Dave Dellens, yeah. Harley Davidson uh, branches. They're somebody new coming on. So yeah, every, he's going to be on our show as well. Davis, yeah. oh man, he's great. He's great. So yeah, he's he's been great. And they're going to hopefully you know bring like kind of a cool bike to sit outside as awesome. people walk in. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it's just, you know, yeah. bring the attraction, bring the people yeah. in and, and yeah. kind of give them something like to ooh and on yeah. as they, as they enter in. But yeah, yeah. indianabcf.org. Awesome. Yeah. You need volunteers and sponsors as well. So yes. if you miss the tickets, cause they're sold out, you can always volunteer. Yes. And yes. We would love volunteers. Yeah. Well, thank you. Kid. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, thank Thanks you. for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. yeah of course. Nice. There you go. Okay. Awesome.